it's inspiration for you. We're enlarging worlds with growth stories. Listen your way. Tune in for fresh stories brought to you by Unit for Hosts. Join us for this week's inspiration for you. Ladies and gentlemen, hello everyone. Welcome back to uh, this new episode of When Words Meet, the series that is brought to you by Unit 4, where we talk about our employees, the people of Unit 4, who they are and what makes them special. Today, my guest is a, a curious Frenchie. She loves eating risotto and cheese. Her favorite hobby is, is horse riding. She loves listening to music, hiking nature, volunteering and, and playing board games. Her guilty pleasure is watching the whole 10 seasons of Friends. Most probably she did that about 10 times. Her craziest dream is to dive with orcas in Norway. And her biggest fear is snakes. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Camille Le Glonek. Hi, Hi Mehdi. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Really happy to be speaking with you. I've followed the series for a while now, so it's, it's nice to uh, be invited. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining us and and for being our guest today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And, and to kick off, well, I want to ask you about your background. So so I know, I know you're French, but what was your background? How was your childhood like? Uh, so yes, I'm French. I was born in Paris, where I lived until I was about five years old. Then I moved out uh, to be in the suburbs, but still very close to the city uh, with my family. Uh, so I have one brother and then my parents had a pretty normal childhood, I would say. You know, we're a very close family. And well, something maybe interesting is I actually did uh, music school when I was in, so that would be middle school, I believe. Um, so I used to do like part-time, you know, school and then part-time music about three to five hours a day, which was quite intense. Any so, specific yeah. Uh, instrument? Yeah, I played uh, the viola, which not many people know about. It's like a violin, but just a little bit bigger. And yeah, and then so I stayed there up until I was 16, something like that. So that's where I grew up. And then we had a country house so that was towards most the east part of France, where we used to go every weekend on or on the holidays, during holidays, which I really enjoyed as well. So, yeah. And is there was there, like, besides music, was there another big hobby that you had back then? Yeah, so my life passion is horses. And it's actually in that country house where we used to go to. I think my parents bought that house when I was about, one or two years old and my neighbors my neighbor had two horses in the field right next to the house and I've heard because I obviously don't remember but I would spend all day just by the fence trying to feed the horses and touch the horses I just wanted to interact with them and actually the first proper word that I ever said was the name of that horse which was uh, Ben yeah, so I think that's a great illustration of of my love for horses. And yeah, I've never stopped since then. I started, I think, riding when I was about five, which is four or five, which is like, you know, they don't do it before then. So it's the minimum age at which you can start and I've never stopped. So 
yeah, that that was my that's my main hobby, I would say. And I love it. It really breaks me balance. And more than riding itself, it's just the, the relationship that you can build with horses, which is really fascinating to me. Okay. And after, let's say, yeah, the childhood part, I guess you, you, you started studying. And how was your time as a student? Yeah, so indeed, I started studying. So after high school, I went to business school in the north of France. So I moved out. I was about 16 so quite young, but I wanted to, you know, go live life by myself. So I moved to Lille, so the north of France, for two years. And yeah, that was, it was a great experience. I loved it. I mean, I guess you have that also with other countries, but I also wanted to leave Paris because that's where I had been all my life. And I wanted to meet new people. And being in Lille was very nice because a lot of people from all over France and all over the world were in that university and I met friends for life so that that was really really a good experience and I especially loved the second year where we had that was actually part of the curriculum we had to do some sort of social association project and I was volunteering let's say at that association where I was actually was co-president of it so not only volunteering but actually actively driving it um of an association that was helping middle school kids um with you know just learning and studying and stuff like that and there were kids from you know coming from difficult neighborhoods didn't have such present family sometimes so we would go and help them about once a week at specific schools around the city and then we would also take them on trips which was really nice we took them to Brussels, Cologne, and other places just to, you know, they, they don't really get the opportunity all the time to go on holiday or anything. So it was really nice to be able to offer them that experience. What what, what marked you in this, in this experience? What did you learn from it maybe? A lot, I would say. It's not really a world I navigated in. You know, my family was very present for me, even a little bit too much in the school area of things. They really wanted me to succeed. So they pushed me really, really hard. And I thank them for it today. But at the time, it was even a little, you know, a little too hardcore. And yeah, I learned a lot just being with these kids. And, you know, I think all they want basically is somebody to care and to be with them to help them learn and that's you know we saw kids that really didn't care or we thought didn't care at the beginning of the year to absolutely loving coming to the sessions and really being engaged so yeah that that was lovely that's really beautiful to hear and after this time you decided to uh, leave france and move abroad where did you go why and 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 how was it landing there yeah, so um, yeah, after two years, we could decide if we wanted to, to go for a year studying abroad, which I did. I thought, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Often you don't do it later on in life. So let's go for it. And I decided to go to China. I really wanted to, to experience something different, really different culture. And what really attracted me specifically to that university is... The fact that the international student group was very, very small. So I really wanted a place where I could like immerse myself in the culture of the country where I was going to. And there's a lot of universities or places you go to 
you know there will be hundreds and thousands of other international students. And whilst it's an amazing experience, it also sometimes prevents you from actually experiencing the country itself because you're staying in your like, little bubble of international people. So I try to avoid that <laughs> and to, to push myself to actually go in a place where I would really have to immerse myself. So that's why I picked this university in particular, I think. There were maybe one or two other French people. One of them left halfway through. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was really a, a small group of, of international students. So that's why I decided to go there. Yeah. Which which city was it? Uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't say that. Chuhai is the name of it. It's near it? a few million, <laughs> which for us seems like a lot. But for them, you know, well, it's a known city in China, I would say, but it's not like on the top five, right? It's near Hong Kong or Macau, but it's on the Chinese side of things. And how was it to move from a big or maybe the biggest city in Paris with a a couple of millions to one small city in China with most probably more millions than, than, than Paris. Yeah, well, it, it was completely different. There we were, I was living on campus at the university, which was quite far away from the city itself. So we were in like in a university bubble, you know, and yeah, the life was, was very different there. You would do everything on campus, right? Go to the supermarket and you could live there without ever leaving the campus, basically, which, yeah, it, it, it was nice. And so, yeah, that, that was completely, completely different. No one spoke any English whatsoever, apart from teachers, some of the teachers, I should say, <laughs> and not all of them, and some of the students, uh, but in the everyday life context. So if you wanted to go to a restaurant, take a taxi, whatever it may be, nobody spoke English. So it was really, really a different experience in, in that sense, more even so that I had never learned Chinese before. So I went there, I think, a little bit naive as well that everything was going to work out and it did right but yeah I didn't speak any Chinese when I first got there so the first couple of months were a bit rocky and and how could you pass that that language barrier also like and did in the everyday life I don't know the metro supermarket like reading <laughs> things yeah so well a couple of things so we had we were paired with a Chinese person with whom actually we were sharing a dorm with so that really helped because they were here to help you with anything you want, you you might need. And also we had actually compulsory Chinese class, three hours a week, something like that. So after uh, yeah, a couple of months, I started to, let's say, understand basic, basic Chinese and I could order foods or things like that. Writing though is a completely different, <laughs> different story. We're doing a bit of writing, but to be honest, to be like to really be f properly knowing Chinese language, it's, I think the teacher at the time said, if you really want to like make an effort and at the end of the year come out really knowing Chinese, you should put in like five to six hours a day of studying Chinese, which, well, I didn't do. <laughs> yeah, I, I did study a little bit, but uh, not to the level where I would be like fluent at the end of the year. No. Yeah, what was your biggest cultural shock when when arriving in China, especially that this is the first time you, you move abroad? Yeah, well, there's so many, I think. I mean, so if I reverse the question and then I will answer yours, but I think the similarities between France and, and China are few, 
probably the love for food is one. They're also very much into their own, you know, food, etc. And then arts, I would say, is the second one. So they love literature and and also are very keen about arts in general and uh, protecting, let's say, the all of the thousands of years of heritage of heart that they, that they have. And we're a little bit the same in France. We have a very long, I think so, we have a very long history. And uh, yeah, so I think these are the similarities, but pretty much all the rest is different. So the shock was was real. I think the biggest thing for me is, I think in France, we cultivate your spirit of like, a really critical thinking kind of thing, right? We really encourage people to, even maybe to an extreme sometime, but to challenge what you're told to really think critically about things. And they really have a different way of going about that in in China. And probably that that was the one single thing that that was, yeah, I would say the most difficult for me. It's like rules were a thing everybody respected. And nobody ever challenges the rules because they're the rules, right? But it also has a lot of advantages. But in France, it's nothing like that. <laughs> when there are rules, mm-hmm. people question the rules and why are there rules and what's behind the rule, etc. Yeah, I think that was the biggest shock for me. Super interesting. And from there, so you, you moved back to Europe. And then yeah. your next experience, let's say abroad, you went to Poland, you told me. Yes. What, what did you do there? Uh, again, studying. So... This time I had finished my bachelor's and I was doing my master's and we could go abroad again for six months. This time I was like, okay, I went to China for a year. Maybe I'll go something a little bit closer. Um, Also something I really missed was horse riding. Obviously we've talked about that and in China it's not really a common thing, you know, so I couldn't do it there for a year. So I wanted to go to a country where I could actually also have my favorite hobby because yeah, it brings me balance so and also I targeted Poland specifically for the quality of the university that I went to uh, which was not really the case and for for China itself it was more for the country and the culture for Poland I picked it because the university was quite well ranked internationally Um, and I spent yeah six months there and definitely was very different from China it was a bit more the traditional let's say Erasmus European experience there were many many other international students at that university. And yeah, I loved it. I spent a great, great six months there. And before going there, did you have any expectations? Good question. I don't know. I tried not to because I like to experience things. I mean, apart from what you would, I would say, stereotypes that you may know in your head about a certain country, right? Which I think we all know what they are when it comes to... (laughs) to Mm -hmm. each and every country but apart from that no i think i try to just go there with an open mind and and experience it for for myself what i did not expect is that it would be so cheap compared to uh i mean i i knew but i did not imagine it it would be this cheap i remember i could live there for like 300 euros a month or something and i thought that was crazy (laughs) And at the end, or looking back on that experience, yeah, how was it? It was great. It was different because I was more in this international student type of environment. And it was also a shorter stay. So I don't think I 
experienced the Polish culture quite quite as intensively as for China. But no, it was great. I got to travel around Poland quite a bit. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And whilst you're there is also a country where the Second World War history is quite present compared to us, because they were, of course, deeply affected by it. And so you have a lot of, you know, everyday manifestations of that and memorials and, and places you can go visit. And I went to a concentration camp for the first time. So I went to the Auschwitz-Birkenau camp there. That was quite quite an experience, to say the least. And well, I would really recommend it to anybody who would want to, uh, yeah, I don't know, just for a day, try to understand a bit what this period of history was like. Yeah, so I think... That was really something, you know, because we learn about the Second World War at school. And of course, we watch documentaries and we also have some places here in France to learn about it. But I think Poland was a whole different level of, of occupation for many, many years. And that's really, really interesting to learn about it and also see how they now sort of, it, it's almost a miracle that they're a country today when you look at their history. So how they, yeah, got out of that. Is, is also really interesting. Is there something that you think marked you in, the, in that experience? I think it definitely marks you. And I mean, I, I've had the chance of having a life where I never had to encounter any type of violence or anything. And I think it makes it a little bit more real in a sense, right? Because when you only read about it or watch it on TV, it's completely different for when you actually like follow the steps of the people that, that went there or going to like the gas chambers and all that. Uh, I, I guess it's just, and, and that resonates with some of the stuff that's happening around the world today. It's just maybe, yeah, it makes you more aware of those things and more sensitive to them as well, that it's not because it's far away from us or it's not, you know, it doesn't affect us directly, that it's not real. And yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you for sharing that. So fast forward to your yeah your next experience. You went back to France and then you moved to the Netherlands. And, and here comes Unit 4. Yeah. How and why this choice? And, and, and how was it to to actually yeah move to another country after all the other experiences? <laughs> so actually for that one, uh, I had to find an internship abroad. So the first two were my sort of own choices, but the last one I had to validate certain amount of months abroad uh, for my degree. So I started, you know, looking for a place. I didn't really have a country in mind. I guess I was also always a bit curious about the Nordic countries. And so I was looking a bit into into the, the Netherlands and, and Sweden and Norway, etc. And I came across Unit 4. I applied. That was actually the only internship I applied to. <laughs> and, and I got it. So... Then I moved to Utrecht in, when was it, 2017, I believe. So that's when I started to work for Unit 4, yeah. And, and how was it yeah, to move to a new country after all those experiences? I think the Netherlands is a very interesting country. It's, it's small, it's extremely international. So it didn't feel anything like Poland or China, for example. Mm -hmm. um, if you take the example of China versus the Netherlands... In the Netherlands, everybody speaks English. You can quite easily get anything you need. And it's, of course, much closer to France. So there are more similarities than when, 
when in other countries I've been to. So in that sense, I think the transition wasn't this hard for me. Also, I mean, the Netherlands is a big hub for jobs. So there were many people in my university in France that also went to work there because it's quite a dynamic job market. So many people moved to, to Amsterdam for a few years. So I also had some of my friends there. So it definitely felt different than, than the other places I went to. Okay. And, and looking back on the different cultures you experienced, what were the main differences or what was even maybe the main difference between China, Poland, Netherlands, France? I, in terms of countries, it's hard because I think they are all culturally very... Each country is different. For me personally, what, what's different was, you know, I sort of stepped out of the student life to go into the adult life, if you will. So getting a first job, which is a different phase of life. So I think to me, that's what felt different about this compared to the rest. But that's more of a personal thing. Which culture felt closest to you? That's a hard one. I mean, it would be a personal thing because I don't think it's close to France, for example, in any way. For t it's not like comparing countries, but more like close to me personally. But something that I really enjoyed was there was definitely the work-life balance that you have when you work in the Netherlands, or at least at Unit 4 specifically. But, you know... Well, of course, sometimes you work longer, but after five, everybody leaves the office and goes home. In France, that's not really in the culture <laughs> at all whatsoever. Probably even the other way around. For many, many companies, if you work here and you leave at five, they will look at you like, are you taking the day off? What's happening? You know. <laughs> um, and so I really, really enjoyed that personally. And yeah, I really like that it was really a melting pot. I mean, if you go to a city like Amsterdam, it's probably even more international than Paris. You really have people from from all over the world. And I would say very, very open-minded country. I think then that's probably the answer to your question is that there's no really judgment in the culture itself on anything. Like it's what everybody is or does is their own life and everybody respects that and i like that okay uh, moving to the last part i wanted to ask you about your your current role and and how does it relate to your own personal interests yeah so i think it's quite interesting actually because probably after listening to all this you've gathered that i'm somebody that you know i probably can stand still for a long time and I love to learn new things and that's why I love to travel as well. It's like every experience in new, everything is very intense, right? It's new places, new people, new things all the time. So I like that about the sort of the, the environment at Unit for itself, which is very dynamic. I also find this international aspect that I really like because I love to travel and etc. And we're a company that has people from very different places in the world and many, many backgrounds. But in terms of the topic itself, so I work on CSR, which is social and environmental responsibility, which is a topic that I absolutely love. It's basically looking after the social and environmental contribution that our company is making to the world. And it's a, it's a fantastic topic to work with, you know. I mean, as we've mentioned, I 
love volunteering and giving back. So there's that aspect, but also it really anchors what you do into the broader scheme of things, I think, because sometimes with a job, you have a hard time finding out your purpose and the purpose into what's happening in the world around us, right? And with this job, the connection is so strong because what I'm doing is basically trying to do everything at Unit 4 so that we can build a more sustainable world, right? And and make a contribution to climate change, etc. And that is great because it feels like you're actually making a difference in a way in, in these topics. So yeah, and, and it's definitely, and it's also close to my personal interest for sure. And, and what inspires you the most to have these interests, let's say? A lot of people that are doing a lot of incredible work, you know, in many various organizations, non-for-profits or other. I would say anybody that is trying to make a change in that direction inspires me in a way. Because there are so many, many different ways, you know, today that you can, it can be any small habit in your life, but it can also be bigger things like trying to, you know, get a group of people to do something or to mobilize people around a certain cause or whatever. So there's many, many different ways. And I get inspired by all the different ways that you can actually achieve, um, achieve those goals and, and a framework that is really helpful for that is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So they were the goals that were defined by the United Nations to build a better future for everybody. And you have goals around social and environmental topics. So I would say anybody that is working towards those goals in a way is an inspiration to me. And there are many, many people around the world. Yeah. Well, with that, I would like to come to a closing of this session or of this conversation. I don't know if uh, you would like to add anything. Nothing to add. Just thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for everything that you shared. And thank you for sharing with us your story and, and the things that, that marked you in this story. And to all those who are listening, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us and I hope to uh, see you very soon in another episode of When Words Meet. Thank you.